Hi Family Church, um, glad that you've come to join us tonight. Um, we're looking forward to spending time sharing the word with you. Um, for those in Gosport this morning, um, those who are on Zoom, um, we mentioned that it is National Ice Cream Breakfast Day. I believe on Saturday. So we're encouraging, for those of our gospel congregation, we're encouraging you to make um, some sort of ice cream breakfast. I mean, if you like ice cream, that's great. Um, if you're quite happy to have it for breakfast, then do it. Um, but take pictures. If you, if you design something, you make up this fabulous breakfast using ice cream, then make sure you take pictures and we'll be showing those on Sunday to come. So we had good fun. We're doing the cheese, National Cheese Day, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. So um, yeah, go for it and have a little bit of fun. Okay, we're gonna start tonight. We've been talking over the last few weeks in the evening um, on God's kingdom. And tonight we're gonna actually talk about um, uni unity in God's kingdom. And we've been, Jeff's been sharing, and I know a lot of the pastors have been sharing on um, Nehemiah. And, um, and I think chapter four, I think is what really sums it up for me. When, when you, you read chapter four and you actually look at it and you think, you can see such a picture of unity in this chapter. And um, anyway, I wanna start right get right right into it and uh, we're going to start in Nehemiah we're going to turn to chapter 4 verse 6. Now the people um, were working together with Nehemiah and they were rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem because they had come down and through attack and through everything else the people are being taken captive um, so the place was a mess and um, they were rebuilding this wall. And the th as I start with this scripture, I've got actually three scriptures I want to share with you because I want to show you how powerful unity, when the body of Christ comes together and how powerful that is. So um, Nehemiah chapter four, verse six, it says, so we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work. And I know Jeff used this scripture last week um, but to me, that is so powerful. The people had a mind to work. You know, they had a lot of opposition. They had a lot against them. But because they had come together with one purpose, with one thought, we're going to build this wall. And that's all that mattered. They, they gave their time, they gave their energy to it until it was completed. You know, God had put it in Nehemiah's heart to do it. And the people had joined together and, and said, right, we're going to make this work. We're going we're gonna to see this wall built together. So it's a powerful thing. We can see they had a mind to work. Then we're going to look at the second scripture, which is in Genesis 11, 4 to 6. Now this one is, isn't, um, the unity that there is here isn't a positive unity in the sense of, it wasn't to produce something good, but you're gonna see that as we go. But there's something really unique, I think something really powerful at the end of it. So let me read it, Genesis 11, four to six. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. So we can see 
this tower was for them. It wasn't a godly thing, it wasn't um, a good thing, it was purely so that their name could, um, they could make a name for themselves and it was purely for uh, selfish reasons and very prideful. But this is what God, God did. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the Son of Men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, this is what I think is amazing. Now, nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. And to me, I when I you know when I read that, I thought nothing, absolutely nothing, that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Why? Because they were in agreement; they were one in the, in this thing together. And two, they spoke the same language. And I like to look at that. If we look at that in a spirit, sort of spiritual pattern, you know, when we as a body of Christ come together as one, and we're saying the same thing. We're saying what God wants. Um, the vision and the, um, the, the goal for maybe for the year that's being set up or whether it's just what God's word says. But that's what we're saying. We're speaking one language, all of us saying the same thing together. This is what we're going to do. We're going to build the kingdom of God. We're going to let God's kingdom grow. And nothing, when we do that, it says nothing that they propose to do will be held from them. Nothing will be withheld. Now, you see, if that was going to happen for those who are planning something evil, they could actually, with the unity and the oneness and the one of, oneness of language, if they could do something so amazing, and yet it was a, it was a, a wrong motive, Imagine us as children of God, what we can do when we come together with that oneness. It's I just, uh, to me, that's so powerful. And then the last one is Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. And we know this, the, the account in the Bible where it talks about the fact that the Holy Spirit came, they were, they'd met as one, Jesus had said, go away in the upper room and, and the, the promise from the Father will come, which we know was the Holy Spirit. And what that actually happened at the end of that, you know, we see that the disciples were empowered. We see that they went out, they preached the gospel, that people were saved daily, daily. People were added to the church and mighty things were happening because they'd been infilled with the Holy Spirit because they'd been in a room all together with one purpose, one mindset, one thinking. God has told us, Jesus has told us, go in this, just wait in this upper room and I'll send the comforter, which he did, the Holy Spirit. And again, the oneness, the unity, there is incredible power when we as a body of Christ walk in that unity. I, want, I looked up the word unity and I thought, right, okay, let's just get some different words that can describe this and here goes goes agreement having one mind and purpose and being in one accord so you're being in agreement with each other you're having one mind on purpose you're being in one accord with each other now to walk in real proper unity we also need to know what's the opposite of unity so we don't walk in that and actually the opposite of unity is strife so I looked up strife 
and it means conflict, conflict, dispute, friction, argument, quarrelling and discord. And you know, as the body of Christ, we need to be extremely diligent that we walk in unity with each other. And the reason I'm saying that is because there are real, very real dangers of walking in strife. And I'm going to share a scripture, James 3, verse 16. We see what those dangers are. It says, for wherever there is jealousy, envy and contentions, rivalry and selfish ambitions, there will also be confusion, unrest, disharmony, rebellion and all sorts of evil and vile practices. I don't know about you, but I don't want that. And I'm not going to allow that in my life or in my home. And, you know, I to me, that is such a clear picture of what we mustn't do and what actually can hinder what God wants to do in our lives when we allow strife to come in. You know, strife can become stumbling blocks for us or they become stepping stones for the enemy to climb up on into our situations. And I want to show you this by going back to Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 10 to 11. And in this, in this verse we see, it says, Then Judah said, The strength of the labourers is, is failing, and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build. And our adversaries said, they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. You know, if we look at this as a spiritual pattern, because the word of God is there for us, and it, very often there's very natural um, examples to represent a spiritual pattern. And I believe this is a real spiritual pattern here that actually there was a lot of rubbish around. You know, as a church and as, a, as the body of Christ, we can have good intentions to want to go on and do the things for God, to really see his kingdom grow. But without dealing with sometimes the rubbish in our lives or the rubbish we allow to come in, you know, we, there could be unforgiveness, there could be bitterness, quarreling, arguing, any of that sort of stuff. But if that's there, that's like what it, the rubbish represented in the walls of Jerusalem. They couldn't work because there was just so much rubbish around. And they even said, look what our adversaries will say. They will, they will neither know nor see anything till we're up in the midst, kill them and cause the work to, to cease. The enemy wants the work of God to be, to be put to nothing, to cease. And it can do that if we, if we allow strife in. And that is why we must walk in the unity and the love of God every day of our lives. So how do we keep strife out and unity in? You know, Proverbs 4 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. We've got to keep our hearts. You know, we, we've been doing a series on um, the fruits of the Spirit. 
and you know we knew we know what God has placed inside us we know the fruits that have got to stay in our lives and flowing out of our lives and when we look at James 3 16 of all that, that uh, happens when there's um uh, the, you know when there's jealousy and envy and contention and rivalry and and all those sort of stuff we're not if we, we behave that way we're not operating in the fruit of the spirit so we've got to keep our hearts we've got to keep our hearts because that's where life comes out of that's where the presence of God is able to touch people's lives through the way that we are you know, again, we can um, look at um, Nehemiah. And again, we're going to refer back to Nehemiah um, 4, verse 17 and 18. You see, they were under attack, or they were under threat of an attack. And so they had to make sure they protected themselves. And listen to what they did. So verse 17, those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand they held their weapon. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built and the one who surrounded, sounded the trumpet was by their side. So they worked with one hand and they kept the sword in the other hand. You know as, as um, as a church, we need to make sure we are striving and, and working towards the, what God wants. We're, we're, uh, we're following the goal. We're following the vision. We are following what God's word says. And we're to have a weapon, God's sword, the word of God, in our other hand, so to speak, so that when strife tries to come, even if it's the slightest hint of strife we recognize it immediately and deal with it and I'm going to share a scripture here that it's it's you know it's their scriptures aren't necessarily the best scriptures the go-to scriptures at all but this is again showing how bad strife is and 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 because unity is what commands a blessing unity is what brings God's presence unity is what God is able to work in and through. But listen to this. This is what God says. It's in Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. He first of all says there's six things that he absolutely hates. And then he goes on to say there's a seventh thing that is an abomination. Let me read it to you. So Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, and a false witness who speaks lies. That's the six. This is the seventh that God wanted to really bring a point to. And one who sows discord among brethren. Do you know, I looked up that word brethren and it talks about a group of people, very often religious groups, so churches. And the Bible talks about our brethren, our brothers 
and sisters in Christ. And it says, yes, seven things are an abomination to him. And that is one who sows discord among brethren. We have to watch out as God's people that we do not allow any discord to come in to God's church because it will have play havoc and it will rip apart and it will make a right mess of anything that it touches. You know, when people come with negative reports or accusations, what are we going to do with it? Are we going to allow those negative seeds to be planted in the good ground of our hearts? Or are we going to focus on the thoughts, on the goals of our, uh, sorry, are we going to focus our thoughts on the goal of God's kingdom ahead? You know, I like to look at this. Um, I was trying to find an example and then it just suddenly came to me. Our son Joshua and his wife um, have got um, an allotment. Um, they got it uh, um, last year and um, they actually they've asked me to share the allotment with them which you know I'm really thrilled with I love doing gardening um, I love growing fruit and veg and um, and I start to think about this allotment you know the good grounds we need good grounds in there you know there is a lot of weeds there's a lot of um, grass there's a lot of stuff that needs to be hoofed out dug over so that the ground is really good soil and then what we're going to do is we're going to put the seeds in we want the good seeds the seeds of fruit and vegetables so things that we want to see grow that are going to be a blessing to us and um and we've got to look after it but we also have to watch out because you see there's there's lots of trees around the area where our allotment is and there'll be lots of birds and birds eat seeds they eat fruit and seeds from flowers and weeds and when those birds do their droppings <laughs> they may drop them over our allotment and they may in as that all breaks down those seeds will be there and they'll start growing so we have to be watchful over our allotment so there you go Josh and Sophie you're listening this is something we need to do <laughs> but we need to be watchful that we dig out anything that is not what we put there, what we planted. It is the same with the kingdom of God. It is the same with the body of Christ, his church, that when we see seeds being dropped that are negative, accusive, you know, negative reports, or, you know, backbiting, or just trying to sow seeds of discord among the brethren we have to deal with it and root it out quickly you know sometimes our natural minds can go towards what we've heard we may not be able to stop someone telling us um, something that they're gossiping about or hearsay we may not be able to tell them what you know it, it may be said before we can do anything about it and, you know, you have to ask God to give you wisdom to how to deal with that if a person does it. But um, there is always that thing that when you come away and you have time to think, the natural mind and the enemy will try to keep reminding you of that because he wants to sow discord. He wants people to be split apart with negative reports. 
And we have to choose to think the right things, to think on God's word, to think on all those things that we're meant to. You know, I love this quote. I saw this quote the other day and I thought, actually, I really like that because it actually shows, you know, where people say, but it just keeps, you know, and I keep thinking about it and we have to choose. And this quote says, God made us so we cannot think two things at one time. I think that's great because um, it goes on to say, so how do we keep from thinking what's wrong? Just think what's right. And if we're thinking what's right, we cannot be thinking what's wrong. It sounds very simple, but it's the truth. When we have been spoken to by someone or they're trying to sow discord, we need to choose to think what's right. Because when we do, we're shutting out the negative thoughts. We're shutting out those um, that gossip and the hearsay. And it's very important. You know, the Bible says in, in Philippians 4, verse 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if anything is praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to not allow anything that we hear that's trying to sow discord, not allow that to be something that mulls over in our heads. You see, what happens if you allow that to mull over in your head, that seed will start to drop into your heart and then it will produce. It will produce strife. It will produce discord. And we can't allow that. And our minds are the areas that we have to deal with to keep those negative seeds out of us. You know what, I want to encourage you because it says meditate on these things and the importance of meditating on the word of God. It's such a power. This book is so incredibly powerful. It will do what God says it will do. And the Bible says about the, the, the washing of the word. When we put his word in our hearts, it will wash us, it will guide us, it will direct us, it will cause us to know which way and how to behave if we take heed to it and if we meditate. And, and I encourage everyone, please, you if you're reading the scripture, ask God to show you as you're thinking about it, God, what is it you're saying in this? Show me. So that actually it becomes more and more part of our life than ever before. I want to revert back to Nehemiah again, because if you remember, they were under threat of attack. And this is what they chose to do. And this is what it says. It says, nevertheless, we made our prayer to God, because they knew that they could be under attack at any point. We made our prayer to God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. You know, there is no letting up in the kingdom of God. In this life that we live as, a ch as children of God, there is no letting up. You can't have one evening where you think, I'm going to chill back, I'm going to watch stuff on the TV, and then someone phones you and, hey, did you hear about this? Have you heard about what's happening? 
and then because you chill back and you oh yeah what's that and it's just a bleating moment you don't normally listen to it you wouldn't normally but actually that seed is in now danger of being sown we look at the story of David David relaxed back and he didn't go to war and what did he end up doing he ended up committing adultery he ended up murdering uh, Bathsheba's husband and the sin and the mess that that happened in that situation because he relaxed back we cannot relax back in the kingdom of God we have to stay keeping pushing forward keeping protecting our hearts day and night it has to be a watch we put over what we listen to what we read what we listen to what we see what we hear we have to keep a guard on our lives so that we can advance in the kingdom of God you know I like to look at it like um, if you if you had a dam these whopping great big dams that hold such a mass of water behind it but you have one tiny tiny crack and it doesn't take long before the pressure forces that dam apart because the weight and the pressure of it will break it open and the destruction that will happen when that dam has broken and fallen through and the water's gone everywhere it will destroy strife will do the same thing if we allow strife discord people throwing accusations people sowing negative things in the body of Christ it will have the same effect as that dam that cracks it will destroy and we cannot allow that in the body of Christ we have got to walk in the unity and love of God you know we won't as as children of God we won't agree on everything we really won't we've got our own thoughts about different things but the key is if you're really committed to following God if you're really committed to his kingdom being built you'll look to the bigger picture you know if someone likes to do something one way or they're doing that this way and it's not really what you want but actually you think do you know I would do that different but hey I love these people my, they're my brothers and sisters in Christ and I'm looking to the bigger goal because their heart is to serve God my heart is to serve God we're gonna keep going on and if we have little errors that we don't necessarily agree on that's fine we can agree to disagree and you know but we need to keep looking forward at the bigger picture but what we must always do if we don't agree with something we must always always act in love to each other and we must always stay respectful as well because staying respectful will avoid us entering into disunity you know i like to look at it like with our family you know with our six children and their families it's, it's quite a big family but we don't always agree on everything you know there's areas that one may feel this one may feel that but regardless of what we feel regardless of our views on just certain areas I'm not talking about immoral things I'm talking about just we have different opinions on certain things regardless of that we love each other we love each other no matter what we respect each other's viewpoints and we'll fight for each other and defend each other because 
that's what families do. But you know, again, this is what we must do as a body of Christ. We won't always agree on everything, but there's some place, there's a place for just letting things go and just saying, do you know what? It's the kingdom of God. It's that unity that is most important, God, and I'm just going to keep following you. I'm going to keep doing what you want me to do. And we need to love and, and respect each other. And, you know, this is my, this is my, I think this is my, yeah, this is my last scripture to kind of sum everything up. And it's found in 1 Peter 3, 8 to 9. And it says, finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit the blessing. You know, being one mind, that means being united in purpose and motives. Being one mind together, thinking the same goal, thinking the same vision of serving God, building his house. Being compassionate, you know, being kind and having sympathy for one another. Someone's heartbreak or suffering becomes ours too because we're being compassionate. Loving each other, you know, walking in the love of God so that everything we do or say is out of love for him and for his body. Being tender-hearted, being tender-hearted, being one, being one who would not cause pain, but one who is eager to relieve it. Being tender-hearted to each other, being courteous, polite behaviour that shows respect for each other. Or we could say treating others as we would actually want them to treat us. Not returning evil for evil when someone does us wrong, we make sure that we get them back or we're glad if they slip up afterwards. That's wrong. We mustn't do that. We must bless them and actually pray for them. You know, if someone does something evil or something wrong or not nice for us, let's pray for them, that God will help them in their journey. You know, this is what Jesus has called us to. His kingdom, the body of Christ, the church, is the most important thing in this world. This world needs the church of God. This world needs the body of Christ to stop them from going to a lost eternity. We just look over this last week, how many thousands of people have died. You know, how many thousands of people have entered into eternity? How many of them know the Lord? We have a church, have a responsibility to stay in the unity of God so that his power can flow through our lives and we can reach other people. Because you can't be walking in disunity. You can't be walking in, in speaking evil about your brother or sister in Christ. And then expect to win others for the Lord. You know, because that, what's in your, your heart or your thoughts and your attitude, it, it's going to crush the love of God. It's not going to come, the love of God isn't going to come out with a real genuineness. Because actually if we're walking in the genuineness, we wouldn't be that way. 
to our brother or sister in Christ. We need to walk in unity. Church, I want to encourage you. I know this has been a, probably a bit of a strange word, really, in some ways, but I want to encourage you. Those three scriptures at the beginning that showed unity, and especially in some ways, it's, it's amazing. It's the one that's a negative one, that they had their own selfish ambitions where they were building the Tower of Babel. But actually, what God has said there, let me read it again. Indeed, the people are one, and they, ha they all have one language. And this is what they can begin to do. Now, sorry, now nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Let us be a body of Christ. Let us be a church, his church. It's his church. It's Jesus's church, it's his. Let us be a people that speak one thing and that's what Jesus wants for his kingdom. That one language, you know, they spoke one language, but that one language, let the one language that comes out of our mouths be for his kingdom, be for all for him. Lifting them up, be lifting up our brothers and sisters in Christ, supporting each other, backing each other always, loving each other, and flowing in the love of God to those outside in the world. And nothing will be impossible for us. We want to see God's kingdom grow, we want to see people's lives come to know Him, we want to see people that we lay hands on and pray instantly be healed. We want to see those signs and wonders. Let's walk in that unity because this shows the power of people that come together. Church, I believe we can have this. I believe this is what God wants. And I encourage you, through this week and the rest of your lives, if you've committed your life to Jesus Christ, commit to walking in unity, regardless of what it may sound, however interesting it may sound, because that's very often the way it'll come. Push it aside. No, I'm protecting myself. I'm going to walk in unity. I'm going to walk in the love of God so that my God's kingdom can grow. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that you've shown us in your word how powerful you can move through your church, through your people, when we join together with one heart, with one voice, with one direction of serving you to bring people to, into your kingdom. Father, I pray. I pray, Father, for every person listening to this. I pray, Lord God, that every person will have the courage to stand up for what's right. Every person, Lord, will have the, Lord, as they meditate on your word, as they put, keep your word in their hearts. Father, they will know instantly when seeds of discord are being sown so that father they can they can they can deal with it and move on father i pray that lord everyone listening lord you would just strengthen them lord as they spend time in your word they will be be, be built up they will be strengthened they will be able to walk in wisdom and your guidance father and that lord each one of us will be able to be used for your glory, for your kingdom, in bringing many, many more children into your family. Father, I thank you for this. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, thank you for listening. Thank you for, you know, it's, as I say, it's not the easiest of words, but I think it's a really important word. It's a really important one that we needed to hear. And, and that goes for us, Jeff and myself too. We always, you know, every one of us have to live this way. Have a blessed week. Stay safe and love each other. God bless.